0: Man, you guys can go ahead and have a seat. We're getting ready to uh, continue our worship by diving into God's Word. Can you guys give it up for the worship team real quick? Yes! Um, I always love to see all different generations praising God, and uh, it's just a beautiful reminder up here on stage, isn't it? Yeah, very good. Everybody staying warm? Yeah, trying to? Okay. I feel you. Um, We all have uh, maybe have low country blood now, right? Um, So... It's different from when I know a lot of you guys came from up north and uh, very cold areas. So uh, maybe you can teach us Blufftonians. I can call myself that now, right? I've been here five years, Blufftonian. I've moved in the circle, right? Uh, Well, we are so glad you're here. My name is Daniel Kasnev. I'm the pastor here at the Bridge Church. And we're in a series called What's Next? What's Next? And um, we are uh, glad you're here because this weekend is a holiday weekend, right? And uh, I believe that this weekend is a really great weekend weekend as a church just to remember the picture in revelations where it says that in revelation where every tongue every nation and every tribe is represented in heaven right amen and we as the church that God came and he made it access and he said that every person is created in the image of God right no matter um, our economic status no matter our race no matter uh, where we came from what our background looks like that God opens up the door and when we give our life to Christ, we become this new family in Christ, right? Amen? And so I think that's a beautiful thing for us to continue to remember as a church and as we get that picture. And if you have your Bibles today, we're in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 5. Uh, last week we studied Matthew chapter 4, uh, but I do want to give you a quick update. Uh, uh, Dave may allude to this later on in our announcements, but I just want to give you an update because we last week, just last week, we started a chair campaign. Uh, we're going to be expanding some of our chairs, which also trying to take off the load from um, uh, people who are setting up these chairs can be particularly heavy. Uh, and so uh, we are, we have put a goal out, $3,500 is going to get us about 120 chairs. But guess what? Just in a week, you guys have raised $2,000, $2,000 already. It's pretty incredible. Yes, praise God. And so uh, we're going to start purchasing those. And so um, we believe that God will work through not only you, but we have an extended family. We kind of call our bridge family or bridge friends. They've been giving as well. And so Thank you so much for your generosity. Uh, it does not go unnoticed, and we see how God is working through you, and it's pretty incredible. So thank you so much, and I'm excited to get those rolling and get those going. And so I just want to pray for us, ask God to speak to our hearts during this time. Like I said, we're in a series called What's Next, and you can see, I don't know if maybe you can see some of the smaller words there, we're doing an eye test, but uh, we're talking about what is the, the mission and the vision that God has given you and I. Because there's a lot of times in our life where we may ask the question, what's next? We may be wondering, okay, God, um, what's next in my relationship with you? And I think it happens over and over again in our lives. Maybe you've just now come to know Christ and you're left to ask the question. I remember my son, I showed this, uh, shared this story. He's 10. He was baptized. And then about a week later, he goes, okay, dad. What's next? What what now, right? And like all all of these questions, but seasons change. And as those seasons change, we ask that question again. God, what's next? What's next for me? What's next for my family? And we begin to wrestle with that. And so I believe that God gives us this picture of what it looks like. And last week we studied Matthew chapter 4 a little bit. And today we're in Matthew chapter 5. We're going to start in verse 3. But I just want to pray for us, ask God to speak to our hearts, and then we'll dive right in. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your truth. God, thank you for each and every person that is here today. God, I pray that you will speak to our hearts. I pray that you will open our minds to your word and to your truth. And uh, God, today, I I really just felt a a theme of that you have called us uh, to this beautiful calling. And I just pray, God, that if uh, we're wrestling with that question of what's next, that you would give us clarity, God. I pray that I will decrease so that you may increase. And I pray that the Holy Spirit would just be evident in this place, God, bringing revelation, bringing truth, bringing healing where it needs to be. Uh, We love you. We ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. I, um. So as a uh, pastor, uh, I, I love to study scripture and I love to dive into the word for teaching that as well. But I also love to study great leaders in the Bible and what makes them great leaders. And because I believe all of us, right, can be leaders and all of us are leaders at the very, uh, I guess, the, the small level we lead ourselves, but also we may lead our family or we, we may be leaders at work or maybe you're leaders with your friends at school, depending on Where you're at, but we can be leaders. And John Maxwell says that leadership is influence. And if we have influence somewhere, then we have leadership or we are a leader. And one of the characteristics of a great leader is that they can always go back and point to a vision. They can point to a vision. We've been talking about vision of what could be and what should be. They can point to here is where we're going and here's what it looks like. And Jesus was one of the best vision casters ever. Jesus knew. He just continued to point people, as we talked about last week, to the kingdom of heaven. He uses that term, kingdom of heaven. He uses kingdom of God, right? He keeps pointing to what could be and what should be. And today, uh, we're going to be looking at this in Matthew chapter 5, and we see where Jesus shifts gears. He In Matthew chapter 4, he calls his disciples, he says, come follow me, and I will make you fishers of men, right? He says, you need to make the decision to follow me. There's some responsibility on our part, right? And then he says, I want you, I'm going to continue to make you, and mold you, and shape you into my image, and then you're going to live on mission. You, you are going to become fishers of men. You are going to live on mission. You're going to be able to do all of these things. And then he immediately goes right into modeling what the kingdom of heaven looks like. And then he starts to teach on the kingdom of heaven, and teach on the kingdom of God. And I I was just telling our volunteer team earlier this morning, I'm having a blast studying Matthew chapter 5, and what we see is called Sermon on the Mount, because it is so powerful. I'm like, wow, I need to memorize this entire thing, because it is so profound, and so big, and it teaches us so much. And most people have called this the most famous sermon ever preached, right? Because it was preached by God himself. It was preached by Jesus. And what I should do is just read Matthew 5 through 7 and then walk off the stage. Uh, But we're going to be able to pick some of these things apart uh, for us to really understand what it looks like. But in this Sermon on the Mount, that's exactly what Jesus is doing. He's given us a vision. He's saying this, you want to know what the kingdom of heaven is like. You want to know what the kingdom of God is like. You're following me now. You want to model this. Let me tell you what To model, let me tell you how to live, right? Because when we're reading the Old Testament, we see all of these laws of what not to do. We see the Ten Commandments are what? Of what not to do, right? But then in Matthew chapter 5, he gives us these eight statements and then continues onto the Sermon on the Mount where he gives us things that we should do, right? He not only tells us this is what we should not do, right? But then he goes, this is what we should do. And in fact, when people look at people who follow Christ, who are Christians, they should see these marks, of a Christian, they should see this in their lives, and so uh, I'm going to read Matthew chapter five. And I have two titles today. This is two for one. This is a really good deal right here. Two titles because you know I like my titles. The first one is a uh, high and holy calling that we have a high and holy calling. And then my second one is if you're a little more fun, don't hide your light. Okay, don't hide your light. Here we go. So you got the two there that we're gonna talk about. But in Matthew chapter five, uh, I'm gonna go ahead and read through what we call the Beatitudes. There are eight statements that Jesus says, you will be blessed if you do this, if you live this way. And the reason I'm not going to really dive into these is because this is gonna be centered around our next series, okay? So the next couple weeks we're gonna be talking about what's next, and then we're gonna dive into a series of the beatitudes, and then we're gonna use the sermon on the mount to see how the sermon on the mount supports the beatitudes and so we hope that you join us for that as well but so I'm just going to read through these and then hone in on what vision that God gives all of us everybody still doing okay very good okay Matthew chapter 5 verse 3 it says this blessed are the poor in spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see. Beautiful picture right. We could just read through all of those, and you you see that God gives us what we should do, what we should look like, what we should lean into. But then He says, "What is linked is a promise. What is linked is the blessing that we get by living into that." Right? He says, "Blessed are the poor in spirit." And then the promise is theirs is the kingdom of God. He says, "Blessed are those who mourn, who lay their heart out of going. I'm hurting right now, and I'm giving my heart to God." And He says, "For they." We'll be comforted, right? And he gives us this blessing, but also he's saying you're going to be blessed and you're going to walk in this. We're going to dive into that. But then he gives us this picture, and I find it fascinating that Jesus starts here. I mean, this is the very beginning of his disciples, and he starts right here. He says, here's all the things that you'll receive in the blessing, but I want, to, I want you to go ahead and know that you're going to be persecuted. I want you to understand that they not everybody is going to believe the same way that you believe. And in fact, that some are probably even going to hate you because not not because it's about you, but because it's about me. And they're really the, the light is coming into their lives and is causing this tension in them and, and this this friction that we see. But he gives us this vision of the future of going, hey, you need to almost expect it. You need to be ready for it. He's saying because when you read the Old Testament, read the prophets, you can see how they were persecuted because they were uh, pursuing righteousness. And if they were persecuted, then we will continue to be persecuted in, in times and moments. And I know that's kind of hard for us to experience in America because we have the freedom of religion. But um, we can see how the culture is changing a little bit and how it, it used to be if you were American, you would say, oh, I'm American. Yeah, I'm Christian, right? It was almost going uh, side by side but now it's changing right to where uh, the Christian views are not what the culture views are a lot of times and you start to see this friction of what it looks like and so we have this wrestling of what could happen but God says hey this expect this know that understand that you are not of the world you are of the kingdom of God you are of his righteousness and he's calling us to this new way of living that the world is not fully going to understand until they become a child of God until the Holy Spirit begins to reveal this truth in them. And then he continues on. Remember, we're going, to dive, we're going to continue to dive in on these. That's why it feels like I'm rushing through it. But uh, he continues and he gives us this vision right here. And this is a vision that maybe you and I have heard a lot before. We've heard this phrase. We've heard this illustration that God uses. And sometimes as a pastor or communicator, you read this and you're like, oh, man, everybody's heard this. Like, how are we going to preach through this? How are we going to work through this? But I believe it's so important because this is where Jesus starts. This is where Jesus begins to teach and he says this in verse 13. He says you he's talking about those who follow Christ. He's got all of these people on the side of the mountain. His disciples who said I'm following you Jesus. He looks down to them and he goes you and he's looking at you and he's looking at me and he's going you are the salt. good deeds and glorify your father in heaven he gives us these two pictures right he says you are salt and you are light and in those times especially people would have instantly connected with it right because when you think about salt in those days salt was so precious in fact the roman soldiers they would barter with salt and sometimes they would even get paid with salt because they would use salt to preserve their food or to add flavor mainly to preserve their food because they didn't have a refrigerator to walk into. To the kitchen, right, and open up the refrigerator. So they had to preserve it. And now we see salt is in almost every canned food, almost everything that we get, right? Because it preserves the food. And Jesus goes, Hey, you are the salt of the earth. You you are adding the true flavor of what people are trying to experience. You are, you are intensifying the flavors when you add the, the seasoning of salt and pepper, right? It like brings things out in it, right? And we're going to settle the great debate here. When you get go to the Mexican restaurant and you get the chips that come out, do you put salt on there or no salt, right? Uh, so many people, it's like a debacle debate. Don't put salt on my chips. and you got to put one chip out and put one salt on there, right? If, if you're the salt person, you got to go back and forth. But salt... It not only adds the seasoning, but it preserves. It gives us this picture that we can be sustained, right? And that you and I are being sustained by God the Father. And he is saying you're giving people something of substance, that can last through trials, that can last through struggles, that that's something that is not of this world. And he's saying, you are going to be that salt. Everywhere that you go as a follower of Christ, you are coming to, to show people there's a different way. And then we see this, and he says that you are the light of the world. And he says that a light of the world in those times, especially they didn't have flashlights or LEDs, right? They can just turn on. They had a lamp and they would have to take this oil lamp and they would have to light the oil lamp and they would put it way up in the house so that the light would get further, right? And he's saying, how ridiculous would it be for them to set this oil lamp up and then cover it, right? And then cover up the light. He's saying, don't you do that as Christians. Don't you do that as followers of Christ, but let your light shine for all to see. He said, you're going to be a city on On a hill so that everybody can look in and everybody can see but he gives us a disclaimer he says this in uh, verse 13 uh, and he continues on he says but if the salt loses its saltiness how can it be made salty again it is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and to trampled underfoot and then he says this about the light he's saying you can have the light but don't cover it up right and we see this, he's saying that as followers of Christ, we can have the light of Christ in us and working in our life. We can be the salt of the earth, but there are things that can happen in our life and in us that can cause us to lose our usefulness. And I love that word usefulness because, it, because if we fall into these certain things, it doesn't mean that we no longer have a relationship with God, but it does hurt our usefulness in God and usefulness in Christ and so I want to give us three things today uh, that can help uh, that that can uh, hold us back from our usefulness that we see right and three things and then I want to give us three things that we see that the light gives us So you guys ready Buckled in, leaned in we're just gonna go for about three hours today and then I'm just kidding um, take a say yeah but uh, as we think about the first thing that I think you and I have to realize when we receive the light of Christ, what we have in our relationship with Him is that Christ gives us power. Over sin and death. That he says you have a relationship. You have access to me. But we also see that when you and I turn back to sin in our lives. That the sin can begin to hinder us in our relationship with Christ. It doesn't change our position in Christ. It doesn't remove us from our relationship with Christ. But it can hold us back from our usefulness in Christ. Because we're still clinging to a particular sin in our life. And what Christ wants for you and I is righteousness and holiness holiness and he's saying, hey, I want to use you, but we need to talk about this first before I can use you, right? I-, I want to use you, but there's this one area in your life that you just keep falling back to. You keep holding on to and it's actually, we see anywhere in the Bible, where we let sin into our lives. It leads to death and destruction. Every time we see that, every time we see in Genesis chapter three, we see that they live in a perfect Garden right and as soon as they were disobedient to God and sin entered the world, we saw sickness, we saw uh, uh, disobedience, we saw how broken relationships began to happen because. They allowed sin to to run rampant in their lives. And Christ is going, I don't want this for your life. And for you and I, if we realize, we can read Galatians 5. God gives us all of these ways that are against the Spirit. And then he says, walk by the Spirit. And he gives us all the fruits of the Spirit. But for you and I, if there's a particular sin in our lives that we know that God is speaking to our hearts of going, hey, I want you to surrender this to me, then what we can do to get our usefulness back in God, to get back in close relationship with him is that the Bible teaches us that we confess it, right, and then we ask for his forgiveness. We confess it to God going, God, I repent of this particular sin. God, I confess that I have this going on in my life. And I know for me sometimes if I have that, maybe um, different things begin to rise up in our lives of going, God, you know what, in that moment I I was pretty prideful. God, I'm confessing this to you. Can you, can you have this? Uh, can you take this from me? Can you guide me? Can you give me wisdom in that? Whatever it may be, right? The sin that we're wrestling, we can feel that weighing in on our lives, but to be able to, to stand before God and go, God, I need you to take this. And in fact, I need your wisdom. I need your direction to give me a, a part of this, right? And it could be a, a multitude, whatever it may be. And here's the thing is if you were married or had a close relationship to someone and uh, there's a difference, I, I talk about true forgiveness in Christ. And when we truly repent means that we change our direction and our attitude, right? Because I could say, God, can you take this from me? I repent and then I turn back and kind of continue to do the same thing, right? Right. If you and I talked like that, right, if, if my spouse did that or my kids did that, I'm like, whoa, I don't think you understood here. I don't think you understood the, 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 the confession and the repentance part here, right? Uh, but for you and I to go, you know what, I'm going to do everything that I can to turn from that and to set up systems and ways and opportunities in my life so that I can keep pursuing righteousness in Christ, right? Of wrestling through this. And I'll give you kind of an example. Um, I don't think we have any too too many young kids in here. But um, as you think about, I, I give you this, especially because I was in student ministry and people wrestling with looking at, say, pornography or things in their lives that they shouldn't, right? And going, I, okay, one, I want you to confess it, right? Confess it before God. But then I want you to have the level of accountability of, I'm not going to go to my room by myself and get on the internet, right? And just open up all kind of access. I want to set up Things to going, you know what? I, I can't do this anymore, God. So I'm going to set up ways and accountability so that I don't have to pursue that again, right? We begin to set up those things in our lives. So they're saying, God, you know, what? I don't want that. I want you. I want your healing. I don't want, because anytime we need to remember that anytime we allow that to happen, it brings destruction and separation and division inside of our lives. I'm going, God, I don't want any of that root to happen in me and through me. And so that's the first one. The other one is we see because Jesus calls his disciples and then he starts to teach them, right? Because he wants them to have understanding. And for you and I, it could just be a lack of of understanding right I need to know what the light is I need to know the ways of the kingdom of heaven right and there are so many times when Jesus corrects his disciples and goes hey no no that's not what I was talking about right like when Peter goes Jesus you cannot go to the cross you are not going to die right like I will stand before and I will fight with you and Jesus goes get behind me Satan Like this, that's the reason why I came. Right. And he revealed this understanding to him of going, this is my purpose. This is my mission. This is my vision. Right. But for you and I to gain that understanding. we talked a lot more about that last week of of being discipled by someone and reading God's word and going, okay, this is what you're talking about. This is the kingdom of heaven. This is what you've called me to. And then the third one is I really began to pray. And this is not an exhaustive list. But I think one thing that can really hold us back from usefulness is discouragement. Because I I know for myself and when I talk to people, there's a lot of times in our lives where maybe just life has beat us down. Right. Like life has given us this discouragement of going, this is really hard. This is really difficult. And we go back and Jesus goes, hey, you're going to be persecuted. We have an adversary who does not want you to be used by God. He's going to do everything that he can. He cannot take your relationship with God, but he can try to uh, hinder our usefulness, right? He's going, I want to bring discouragement. You cannot do this, right? And we may be discouraged for all sorts of reasons. We could be discouraged because you're saying, you know what? I'm too young. God can't use me. I I don't know what it is, right? But we see in uh, 1 Timothy 4.12 he says, don't let them look down on you because you're young but be the example right we could say you know what i'm too old god you can't use me at this age and we see that moses in his 80s led the the people out to freedom right i mean he was leading god's people no matter what our age it could be god i'm not sure because of my past i've done too many wrong things i've already crossed the line too many times and god is going if you will surrender your past to me And I will begin to reconcile and restore that what has happened into your past. If you will give that to me, that we are a new creation in Christ. And I would say maybe maybe those different pieces there. But maybe just because, as I said earlier, life has just been hard. And life has beat you down or maybe it just hasn't gone the way we expected and for me I, I'm I, you know I want to achieve the next hill and maybe I haven't achieved and achieved enough hills that have continued on in the future right and we have this expectation of where we should be and all of these things right or maybe we had this expectation of where our family would be or where our marriage would be, whatever it may be but we're left discouraged right in Christ and Matthew chapter 11 Jesus gives us this command and this promise he says come Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burden. Right, he gives us this invitation of going. Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burden. He has a prerequisite. He's saying, if you're weary and heavy burden, come to me, and I will give you rest. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. And I thought that's a beautiful picture of you and I of going, I need to go back to the Father and go back to receive the love from the Father. If you're in deep discouragement, that means I have maybe wounds that are deep. I need to go that much closer to Christ and allow His love to fill me up. There's an incredible book we give away for free. It's called Gentle and Lowly. And it's all about this verse to to realize everything that we get in Christ and that He is the source of love, He is the source of comfort. He is the source of hope and sometimes I just need to rest in that fact, right? We live in a world, especially in a nation where it's like, hey, we got to get our hustle on every single day, right? But God says you need to work in a rest every day. You need to work in rest one day a week, right? He calls it the Sabbath. You need a, a, a rest for maybe an extended time throughout the year where you stop and rest, and one of the things God had to teach me was, is one of the most holy and trusting things I can do is rest. Right? Of going, I, it's, not all, it's not all on my shoulders. I can rest in you, Jesus. It's not about what I can do. And, I, I mean, and every time we feel that discouragement building up and building up, it's a red flag for you and I to go, you know what? I need to get back to the feet of the Father. I need to get back to allow him to fill me up because there are moments when we get filled up from God, right? And we come out of our time along with him. And all of a sudden we're overflowing going, okay, give me the day. Give, let's go, God. My light is it's, it's so strong right now. Let's go. But then there's times where you're like, I can't do anything, God. I'm worthless, right? Like we see this in the Old Testament, Elijah, like one moment he's uh, breathing out fire from heaven and the next he's going, I want to die. I can't do this anymore, right? And we have these moments and God's going be restored in me. And I think for you and I, because as Christians, as we look at the ways of the kingdom of heaven, God gives us this picture of going, we don't have to function the way that the world does because Jesus is in control he is still on the throne and he is still the king of kings and the lord of lords and he can handle our tomorrow and we can rest in him today because he holds our future we just follow him step by step day by day my favorite illustration is in psalms of the light of the world that Christ gives us and it's not this big high beam but it's this lantern that we carry right and this lantern has been lit by the light of Christ and this lantern gives us the next step, right? And then when we take that step, guess what? The next step is illuminated. And when we take that step, the next step is illuminated. And we keep walking by faith through the light of Christ, right? And we see this beautiful picture. And now I want to close with these three things of what the light does for you and I. Don't worry about that beeping. I know we can all hear it, but like a fax or something is coming in. The joys of uh, portable church. Anyway, um, three ways that God wants us to use us with the light. So I want you to double lean in now, put a seatbelt on again. Here we go. You ready? And the first one is, is that the light reveals the truth. The light reveals the truth. And so as we read the, the word of Christ, you and I have a high and holy calling to reveal the truth to the world because the light is in us. And as we go into our workplace, go into our families, go into the world, right? We have the light of the world in us. Go into our schools. We carry the light of the world with us. But with that, it comes that we're revealing truth. We're showing truth, the light of Christ who is in us. And I'm reminding of this story this is a fascinating story you guys read this acts chapter 16 where the disciples that they're uh, living for christ and there was this one particular lady who they believe was possessed and she was telling the future and so uh, she was causing paul and silas some turmoil so paul and silas turn around and pray over her and the demon is cast out and she can no longer tell the future Well, there were people who were making tons of money off of her abilities, right, to do that. And so they were so upset, they took Paul and Silas and drug them to the courts and had them arrested. And then you see the famous story uh, that Dave read today is that they were praising and worshiping God. And all of a sudden, the gates began to open because the angel came. But we see this, and that story reminds me that not everyone is going to accept the truth that we bring every single day, right? Because the light reveals the darkness right it pushes back that darkness and it reveals things in our lives of going oh i need to fix this oh i need to surrender this to you god oh you're shaping me and molding me into the image of christ right you're you're helping me to get closer to the kingdom of god closer to the kingdom of heaven and the light begins to reveal some of that and not only in our lives but in the world around us you guys still doing okay And the other one is, is the light guides the way. You and I have a high and holy calling. Last week we talked about we need to model first, but God calls us to mentor, right? He calls us to invest in those who and and others who are around us and and to invest in the next generation. But the light guides the way. We are the lantern. It's like we're wandering in the darkness. And as we're wandering with our lantern, we come across other people who are still in the darkness, but they don't have the light, right? And we're going, hey, I can show you where i I got the light. I can show you what the truth is. I can show you the goodness of God. Because they see the light at work in us and through us in our lives. And that we have the high and holy calling of being a guide in Christ. And it's a pretty beautiful thing for us, for you and I, to walk into that. And then the last thing here, and I'm not—I'm I'm trying not to get too excited or come off the stage, okay? But the last one that we see here, that the high and holy calling that you and I have, is that light pushes back darkness. So do not hide your light. Light pushes back darkness. I want to read this verse in John chapter one, verses four and five. It says, "In him was life, and the life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it I mean amen you and I we have the opportunity to live every single day knowing today I get to push back darkness today darkness has no power over me evil has no power over me right I can step out into a dark world because I have the light of Christ in me and working through me right he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world and you and I live off of that truth and every time we show somebody the truth, we show them scripture, we pray over them, we are pushing back darkness. The light of the world is in us and through us. And he can use a fifth grader or somebody who's in the in their hundreds, right? He can use every single person because we have the same Holy Spirit dwelling in us. And he gives us that power, that strength, and that courage of going, you know what? I'm not going to hide my light because I have a high and holy calling today that I have have the opportunity to push back darkness. And you and I have this amazing calling, right? And we see this in Romans chapter 12, verse 21. It says this, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. You and I, every single day, God says, let your good works shine before men. And then sometimes it can be easy for us, right? I have this picture of us holding the lantern and there could be certain settings and I've been guilty of it before too. I'm not sitting on my high horse, right? Uh, where we're holding the lantern and then we go into a certain setting and we kind of cover our light, right? Right? We kind of walk in and going, I am a Christian. I do believe this, but I'm going to kind of hold my light. I'm going to kind of hold this back, right? And then we come back on Sunday morning and we're like, hey, everybody, right? Like we we got a light back up. Yeah, blessed and highly favored. Good to see you. You're like all this, right? And and all of this. And then we kind of get back in the world. Sometimes it's like, (sighs) let me just kind of hide a little bit, right? I just went before God. I was like, God, I don't want that to be me. Like, I want to walk out on Monday just the same way, city on a hill. My light is up here because what you have and what I have is a high and holy calling. What you have and what I have, I began to create a list today because I, I started reading the Beatitudes, and I was like, man, this is, this is pretty incredible what you and I have before God. And I'm going to read this list, and it's a little long, so I'm going to try to wrap it. You guys read I'm not really going to wrap it. but I'm just going to read it fast. Just some of the things I just I just I want us to receive this and just kind of bask in this of what we have in Christ. You and I, because of Jesus, we have access to God. I mean, I could just stop there, right? Drop mic. and Just we have access to the creator of the universe. We live in one of the most beautiful areas on the planet. You can walk out. God breathed that into existence. We have access to God. We have a new identity in Christ. We can bring all of our mistakes, all of our mishaps. We bring it before Christ and he calls us son and daughter. We are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, right? We are the salt and the light of the earth. And then he says that through the Holy Spirit, we receive love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, And self-control, right? You and I, we read in the Bible, it says that we don't have to fear anything. We only fear God, right? Like we get to walk into the world. What can mere man do to us? Because we will stand before God. And then we are hopeful. Faith, hope, and love, right? We see we are hopeful. We have a purpose and a mission, a high and holy calling. We read the Beatitudes, and he says we are poor in spirit. We are humble before God. He gives us a way of life. And then he says, for those who are hurting, I will give them comfort. And then he says, I will teach you how to live under control, power in control, right? Power under control. I will teach you in that. And he says, those who hunger and thirst, you'll receive righteousness. He's, I, I will show you how to have a pure heart. He says, oh, you're going to be a peacemaker. You're going to bring healing to people who need reconciliation. You're going to bring peace to this earth as salt and light. And then he says, you're going to be persecuted because of all of this, because of the enemy. And he says, but I don't want you to fret because you're you are going to be blessed because your kingdom, this is not your world. This is not your place. You belong to the king of kings. You belong in heaven and you stand out in a broken and hurting and a dark world. But he says, you have this high and holy calling. So my prayer for us as a church, right, is that we don't hide our light. We set it back on a hill, right? And we come back on Sunday, and we we have our lantern up, and you're like, "Whew, my shoulder got tired this week, right? It, it was pretty rough, and it was it was a little hard." And we come together, and let me pray for you, let me encourage you, let's get back into the Word again, let's get filled back up again, let's let me dive into the Word this morning because I'm about to hold my light high at work, I'm about to hold my light high I'm with my family, whatever it may be, I'm not gonna hold it back because we are we have a high and holy calling. And I believe when we as a church, we catch this vision and God, because, and we have wrestled with that question of what's next, God goes, I want you to continue to walk in your high and holy calling. I want you to understand that you're the salt and the light of this world. You are going to show people the ways of the kingdom of heaven. You are ambassadors for Christ. Every single day we have that opportunity. And how incredible, how purpose-filled do you and I get every single day, right? That we link arms back to back, right? So we can still people see people around us. And we're saying, okay, we're heading out into the world. We're encouraged by each other. We're encouraged by God's word. And so we are a city on a hill, salt and light. So I just want to pray for us, ask God to speak to our hearts. And uh, I just want to pray for us as a church, because maybe uh, you are a Christian, but you're saying, you know what, I, I've I'm been wrestling with some discouragement and I'm feeling like my tank is empty and I need God to fill, fill me up. I need to feel his assurance, feel his love, feel his grace, feel his comfort here in this time. And maybe it's like, you know what, I, I'm going to rest a little bit this week, Right. Sometimes, I remember somebody told me one of the most holy things we can do is go to sleep, right? You'd be like, like, Pastor Daniel told me I got to go take a nap. Sorry. Um, Right? Like, but it's an opportunity to trust God of going, God, you're holding the world up, not me. And I'm trusting you in this moment. I need you to fill my heart and fill this moment. And so I just want to pray for us. Maybe you're you're walking through that discouragement. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, God, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much for your truth. Thank you for each and every soul that's in here in this room, God. And I just pray that you would speak to our hearts. I pray that you would fill our hearts with your glory, with your hope, God. I pray that we would head out into the world this week just encouraged by your word. That you say that we are salt and light, a city on a hill, God. And I pray for those that maybe are are feeling the weight of what is happening to them in life right now, God. And I just pray that they cling to your word. I pray that they can take the lie of discouragement that they're feeling and replace it with the truth, God. I pray that you would speak life over them. You would speak truth and wisdom into their life, God. They can rest in you, that you would fill them up with your glory, with your hope, with your love, God. And I pray that we would head out of this place refreshed in you knowing, God, that you have called us to be a city on a hill. God, I pray that if somebody maybe came in today and they'd never surrendered their life to you, God, I pray that they would pray this prayer with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I know that I have sin in my life. I ask that you would save me, God. I need you, Jesus. I ask that you would change my life, God. I believe that you are God. I believe that you rose again. We ask all this in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Let's stand and worship together. Thank you for tuning in to the Bridge Church Podcast. If you would like to find out more information about our church, you can simply visit our website at thebridgebluffton.com. Have a blessed day.